good morning, good day, or good evening, and welcome to 54 Lights. This show is meant to shed light on undertold stories out of Africa. Our vision is to introduce you to some extraordinary people doing incredible things, and to ultimately change the lens through which African and Africans are seen. Government, businesses, and people all across Canada, across the world really, are working tirelessly to try and stem the tide during this unprecedented crisis. From fighting tooth and nail to keep employees, to working overtime to keep people alive, there's something inspiring about what's happening. The human spirit is bending, but unbroken. And while this is an unscripted playbook with seemingly no right answers, it does not mean there are no wrong answers. There are unquestionably things that are and have gone tremendously wrong. Now, with that said, our show, 54 Lights, and our enduring gaze is compelled to look towards the progressive, of which there are plenty. So today, our lens, quite literally, turns to the freelance community and shines on a Canadian with South African heritage. I met Justine at an event. She was taking pictures, yet she was doing so much more. Over the course of the afternoon, which was a fundraising event, I remarked how her approach to photography was markedly different than what I'd experienced in the past. She wasn't just taking pictures. She was bonding with people, genuinely building rapport. It was unusual, but an undeniable signature. So today's check-in is with Justine Apple. We talk COVID and, more importantly, what she's doing right during this tough time. My name is Kondwani Mwase. And the next episode is Click to Focus. Part 1. The COVID Conversation. After we spoke, I went away to Arizona with my partner, and then we got back here just in the nick of time because a week after that, we were told that there was full, you know, quarantine and self-isolation, et cetera. So we, we got back here. We didn't have to quarantine because we missed the quarantine by two days. But we, we talk today, we talk every day and we're always saying how grateful we are that we, we actually got away for a week got out into the sunshine and got an incredible exercise and got to socialize with other people, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, because we came back here and it was just uh, the full throttle of COVID. So how are you doing with, with self-isolation? Like that whole, um, you know, that, that, that concept. 
I was talking to my partner just before we got on the call and I said to her, I said, you know, yeah, I'm going to speak with Konrani and we're going to discuss how I'm dealing with COVID-19. And do you have any suggestions for what I should share with him? And she said, yeah, you have to talk about your Instagram series. What happened was uh, we got back and then COVID-19, you know, everything became a pandemic. And then at that point I thought, okay, well, what am I going to do? Because my business, my photography business, as, as you can imagine, just everything came to a grinding halt. Um, you know, like many of my photography colleagues and videographer colleagues, we're all in the same boat. Um, looking for things to kind of keep us just busy right now and mentally stimulated. And when we got back and COVID hit, I thought, okay, I'm going to put together my photos from Arizona. So I edited and created a photo series uh, that's called uh, Before COVID, Arizona Captures. And uh, it's on my Instagram account, which is at Apple Justine. And I encourage people to go there and have a look at, uh, at my images. I'm posting daily, and it's just a great way to take a virtual vacation during this difficult time. Fantastic. You know, I have seen a few beautiful shots, and I know you, I knew you were going away, but I forgot you went to Arizona until I saw, uh, there's, there's one shot that just struck me that I saw, but I didn't even uh, compute that it was part of a series. So I've got to go back and check it out again. That's fantastic. Really great idea. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I mean, I could, I could post photos of my gigs. I can post photos of, you know, my headshots and my family portraits and my bar and bat mitzvahs, which I'd love to do, but this is, this is, I'm really a creative at heart. Um, and I wanted to, to post more creative, vibrant images that, that, meant something to me sort of before COVID happened. And so that's why I decided, let me do the most recent, you know, let me post the most recent photos from my, from my life journey. And that's the Arizona trip, which was amazing. The, uh, the, the part of the, the story there or part of the, the motivation is to, is to help people escape within their uh, fortresses of solitude. Is that, did I get that right? Right. I, I want to create a, a window into a happy, calm, um, peaceful place that people can just, you know, dream about and um, enjoy while they're going through self-isolation. Is that something that you do when you go on vacation where you just, you take a bunch of shots? My partner says your camera's your second girlfriend, and it's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, my camera is with me at all times uh, as much as possible. It's like another body part for me. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's very important because I'm a visual artist. So how I capture the life around me is through the lens, through my lens. What advice can you give to other people who are in the creative field and maybe are struggling right now? I mean, I love the way you reinvented your um like what you're doing and made it so that you can contribute not only to your business and your reputation but to everybody who's kind of a little bit down gray days and even if it's not a gray day it sucks because you can't go outside so it's really a i love the i love the um inspiration that you are giving people yeah well it, it's definitely very challenging at the moment for all of us creatives and one thing I would say is definitely, number one, keep, keep active, because if you keep physically active every day, then that will keep your brain active, and um, emotionally, you'll feel uplifted. So I think that's the first thing. 
um, just get a walk in every day. And the other thing is um, look for something that's going to inspire you at this difficult time. Like for me, it was my Arizona series, which will keep, uh, I'll be posting for the next two weeks or so uh, in, uh, in one or two images a day for that. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, do something that you need to do now that you wouldn't have been able to do if you were busy. Uh, for example, clean, clean up your client files. Like I've just been reorganizing my office, um, which has felt incredible. I've gotten rid of a whole bunch of things I didn't need. I've uh, cleaned my desk. I've organized all my files. I now know I remember clients that I, you know, client files I haven't seen in a while that I, I looked at and I thought, oh, I should contact them and see how they're doing, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing is maybe if you, um, if you have an older website that you've wished that you've wanted to update for a few years and you just haven't at the time, now is the time to do that. Oh, that's, that's great advice, uh, Justine. Can you just restate your, uh, your Instagram handle? And then should anybody be going to the website just yet? Or should we, should we all just follow you on the Instagram? Well, I mean, Instagram is just a great way for people to get a snapshot view of my work. So my Instagram handle is at Apple Justine. Um, my website is justineapple.com. And I do encourage people to visit my website because it takes time to redesign and update websites. So my existing website will still be there for a little while. So mm -hmm. for sure, I invite people to visit that. And then my email is hello at justineapple.com if people want to contact me directly. And now, part two, the original episode. Justine Apple, and I'm from Johannesburg, South Africa, originally born and raised. When did you move to Canada? I moved to Toronto in 1993, so I was 17. Oh. And so yeah, my late teens, and it's funny because most people say to me, oh my goodness, I can't believe you don't have any accent. That's yeah. the first comment I get. And I say to them, well, I come from a very musical family. I'm very musically inclined. So when I hear different accents, I generally pick them up very quickly. And, uh, and that's probably what happened. That's, yeah, that's really interesting because I, I think that would have been a dead giveaway for me that you were from South Africa when we met because um, South Africans have a pretty, pretty uh, prominent accent. But yeah, you did not have, you do not have that. That's interesting. Okay. Um, <laughs> However, when I speak with my parents, I can immediately switch into a South uh, accent. You're, you're a chameleon. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, what do you do for work? So I run a full-time freelance photography company. It's called Justine Apple Photography. That's the name of my company. Oh, fantastic. Okay. And what brought you to photography? Like, why photography? I've always been... So visual arts is my background. Uh, I grew up, you know, drawing, painting, coloring. And then at university, I took visual arts as one of my majors in addition to psychology. And uh, by that, I ended up going into teaching. 
funnily enough, for a number of years. Then I decided that wasn't for me. Then I went into office management for a number of years. While I was doing that, I was invited to get, well, I I got involved in a not-for-profit organization, a Jewish uh, LGBT organization, actually. And someone in the group said to me, I think you should start running the organization. So I started running it. Uh, and then t- sort of towards the end, someone at my synagogue said, Justine, you know what? I think you, you should re- you're really good at photography, and we see that you're always carrying a camera around. You, maybe you want to take a couple of courses. Uh, and this gentleman recommended I go and do some courses at Avenue Road Art School, which is in uh, mid- downtown Toronto, so it's St. Clair and Avenue Road. And uh, I decided, you know what, I am looking for something else, uh, sort of a segue to another career. So I decided to do that. Went to that school, exhausted their photography program. Uh, That was about a year and a half of my time. More night classes. And then after that, I decided I wanted to get more serious. So I I enrolled for uh, George Brown for their digital photography program. Did that part-time for just over two years. And... uh, Soon after starting the George Brown program, I started my own business. There, there's a point in, in every every entrepreneur's journey where they, um, I think, come to a realization that this this is going to work or this is not going to work. When did you know this was going to work for you? Oh, great question. <laughs> um let me think about that. <laughs> I only I ask it because I, it, it's it's not it's not a, it's not an easy thing to do what you did, right? You're you're moving from, um, you know, insofar as a steady job would be, but you're you're making a move there that's there's risk in there. Oh, for sure, tons of risk. Um, I think when I did my first course, to be honest, at Avenue Road Art School. Uh, that's when I realized this is definitely for me. Yeah, I had a great teacher. I had fantastic classmates. We had really good assignments. And I sort of, it, something just clicked. And I said, yeah, this is what I want to do. So I got very serious about it very quickly and uh, just continued moving down that path. What is your style of photography? Like, where's, where is your, um, where is your wheelhouse? Mm. So my style, I mean, I'm really into, my, my favorite types of shots are candid, intimate shots, focusing on the person, uh, their emotions. Is that something that you found out organically was something that you were, um, that you enjoyed as your quote unquote favorite shots? Or is this, is it uh, something you've always kind of wanted to do? Is to take those uh, candid I- yeah, I think it was an organic thing. I, I, uh, in my spare time, I would take photos of people just randomly on the street, kind of like uh, Marc Andre, and uh, realized this is amazing. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's that's interesting. I'm, I'm sort of yeah. connecting with the authenticity of this person. Yeah, that's funny that that, that you bring it up. That that's that's kind of like a, a perfect segue in terms of like attaching to the the initial interview I did with Marc Andre Moussat. And yeah, in one of the converse, one of the questions I had asked him, he kind of ex- exposed to me the the like the the 
conflict that can arise from taking somebody's picture almost like just candidly. Now, I asked him the same question which I'd ask you is when you are taking or when you used to take those pictures, let's say in the street, did you ever come into a run into a situation where somebody's like, hey, you just took my picture? Like, is it was it always smooth? No, definitely not. Do you still do that? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, that would have been my way to retire from that. But yeah, okay. So yeah, you're just, you're just... no, I do. I still do that. I, I'm more careful. Like I generally, I'm very careful to use specific lenses for, uh, depending on what I want to do. If I'm doing street photography, I'll generally use a long lens so I can sort of... Uh, be further away from the from the subject and take the photo without them necessarily noticing. Okay, got it. And but but you are definitely when you when you're doing those street pictures, um, street photography, it's definitely about the people, not the structures. I... Yeah, you know what I, I remember listening to that question uh, for uh, for Mark Andre, and for me, it's, it's, he said it was a combination. I mean, it is a, con- a combination for me too, but I, I would say it's more about the subject. Overall, there are certain instances where the backdrop, like the building, the architecture is so eye-catching, whether it's because of the colors of the building or if there's graffiti on the building or whatever it might be. And, uh, and then the subject just complements the building. But uh, for me, I'd like to get close and personal with all my subjects if I'm doing street photography and even when I'm doing events. If you listen closely, you'll have heard both Justine and I reference an interview with Marc-Andre Massat. I did an interview with him some months ago, and these conversations were actually inspired by that originating dialogue. I recommend that you search for that episode and have a listen to that as well. It's really interesting and a great perspective from a fantastic photographer. Now, back to our chat with Justine. Met you at a, uh, a fundraising event, uh, Precious Gems, and you were the you were obviously the photographer there. And there's one thing I have to say was a common thread between all the people that were there um, that I spoke to. Obviously, um, they mentioned that how um, personable you were. How much does how important is that part of it? in the work that you do because i i kind of felt that until that moment i would have felt that photography is almost like a cold distant thing um but it didn't seem to be with you so yeah not at all like i mean i think it's i don't for me it's absolutely critical to be engaging with my clients to to talk to them to, to laugh with them you know, that's what it's about. You, you have to build those connections. Um, when you build those connections, you can create better images. I've got to ask you maybe a, a slightly contentious, contentious question, or perhaps it is, or perhaps not, I don't know. Um, is And this, this came up in my discussion with Marc-Andre, is the, uh, the, the line between the professional and the, and the amateur. We live in a do-it-yourself culture. Anybody who's got an iPhone 11 and a, 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 a capacity to download a few apps 
can consider themselves a great photographer. And I'm using air quotes. Right. Um, that's not the case. So, A, that's not the case. But I think more importantly, when you are who you are and when you make a living off of photography, like how do you how do you deal with that encroachment on your kind of on your space? Like, how do you how do you deal with that? Yeah, it's such a great question, and it is definitely a contentious topic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, um, I, I, funnily enough, I just bought a, uh, I just upgraded my plan, and I'm now speaking to you on an iPhone 11 Pro. Mm -hmm. So with the iPhone 11 Pro, you've got three lenses, and I was encouraged to go with this model specifically because of the three lenses, and I was told that the quality is incredible, and you won't believe how the just everything from the color to the, you know, composition, everything is amazing. So I started using the camera, cameras, and I have to say I'm quite disappointed. Okay. No disrespecting Apple or anything because I love their products, but um, I, I am a complete believer that using a full-frame DSLR or even a crop sensor DSLR is the way to go if you're looking to get into more professional photography. Uh -huh. I've never... But I've never really believed that you can get the shot you need with an iPhone. I think it's just, you know, we don't have to get into the technicalities, like the amount of pixels or the sensor size or whatnot, but that all affects the impact and the power and the, the size of the image, which at the end of the day really matters. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, yes, real, you know, bigger cameras, full-frame cameras might be larger, they might be clunkier. Mine certainly is. I, I'm a Canon user. But, uh, you know, it's the only way to go if you're looking to go into professional photography. It is the only way to go. So you have to go out there. You have to spend the money. You have to spend the time learning how to use it. You have to figure out how to sketch yourself on manual mode so that you can get full control over all your settings and make sure you can the output will be excellent, which is what my goal is mm -hmm. when I'm taking photos at every, every kind of event. If you were to give advice to some people who are thinking about going into photography, uh -huh. what's the most important learning for a uh, an aspiring uh, photographer, professional photographer? Uh, an excellent question, Kadwani, because that that's really, I think it's the most important question if you're considering going into photography, to be honest. I think a lot of people consider themselves photographers these days, as you said, if they've got a phone of any kind. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, many of the photographers I know are self-taught, and they're really talented people. And, and some of them have gone to school for digital photography, like myself, and actually have a certification behind their name. Um, but I think the key thing to going into this field, because it is a very... Uh, competitive, saturated field is to learn a little bit about the business of photography. Mm -hmm. um, what's involved in running your own photography business? Just like being an, an for any entrepreneur, running a business is not easy. It takes a lot of. There's a huge learning curve to learn how to um, acquire new clients, how to network, how to deal with, how to work. You know, get your name out there through marketing. How to uh, get your bookkeeping going, uh, your record keeping, how to generate revenue. I mean, there's so many things behind the business of photography. And I learned a little bit about that at George Brown, but um, not enough. And so I think that if anyone's looking to get into photography, one way is 
learn about the business behind the, the profession. And number two, go and um, intern with a photographer, go and assist a photographer to see if that's something you really want to get into, if you really want to get into that field. Because it is a very challenging field. Uh, my life has changed significantly since I started my business. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and uh, I've learned so much on the business end as well. And um, I just feel that having some background in business is key. Anybody I know who's got some serious talent in, in an artistic field seems to be so uh, lost is the wrong word, but they, they have no concept of the business side of it. And do you know why that isn't a more pronounced part of curriculum? I, I wish I had a set answer for you on that one. Um, I know that when, when I was studying visual arts in my late teens, early 20s, I mean, I did graphic design, I did drawing, painting. Um, we There was nothing about business uh, in our curriculum. It was all theory. I mean, I studied at York, um, but... Um, I was really excited to see that at George Brown there was a business course. It's called uh, Business of Photography. Mm-hmm. But I remember when I finished that course, even though I enjoyed it, um, I just felt there was so much that I didn't get out of it. Um, it should have been like a four-part course or four courses instead of just one. Right. Um, why, why does it not exist? I can't tell you. I think it does exist more at the master's level, like if you're looking to go get an MBA. Um, you right. can get it in art, art management or cultural, you know, something or other. But yeah, I think I think artists, uh, unfortunately, don't get that in the undergrad uh, at the undergrad level. Right. I think they have to go further and get it at the uh, in the masters Got in it. masters courses. Okay, interesting, very interesting. And I think and I think that that question is important for everyone because it's, it's a flaw in our system. It's a flaw in our education system. Right. No, 100 percent. Because I, I, these artists would be they um, photographers or in a, in a different artistic vocation. Um, they they do have a huge contribution to society. And they, in some cases, are um, are not allowed to flex that creativity because there is no guidance on how to make that into a sustainable business that they can they can feed themselves on in a very crude way to, uh, to, to express that. So. Um, Absolutely. I think they have to rely on other people or look for other role models in their lives who can provide them with those skills. You know, I, I'm lucky I actually have a father who's a, a, an accountant and a management consultant. And, and I brought up, you know, listening to him educate a lot, many professionals all about business skills. And, you know, he has edu- he's helped me to, to really uh, form a very important structure in my business, which is the business side of my business. So I'm very grateful for, for him. Um, but I mean, a lot of people don't have that. So as you said, it creates a big void and uh, it needs to be put in place in our, in our uh, like, especially in the arts, arts education. So there you have it. The conversation continues. I'd like to thank everyone who's participated in today's show, be they behind the scenes or on the mic. Part of our show was recorded and produced at Corner Studios with the assistance of our producer, John Kitt. Music for this episode was composed, played, and enjoyed with permission by Joachim Nortebert 
and Andy Ninval. If you like what you've heard, there's more. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter under our handle, Crowd54. Remember, you can find us wherever you do your listening. iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and that's just a few of them. Listen, like, share. Until we meet again. Thanks for listening.